Live from the bridge at the Launchpad Studios in Huntington, New York, it's Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Cardboard Memories, Clearview, Long Island, the law firm of Decalator, Cohen, and DePrisco, the Phoenix Tube Company, Pims Incorporated, fueling brand performance for 30 years, Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, and Soho Table Hockey. Here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the man who was one of the best shortstops of his era. He manned the position for 16 seasons, primarily with the Chicago White Sox. He was American League Rookie of the Year in 1985, a three-time All-Star Gold Glove World Series champion. Following his playing career, he coached for the Montreal Expos and the world champion Florida Marlins in 2003. He returned to the Windy City as a manager of the White Sox, where he would guide the White Sox to their first championship in 88 years in 2005, which earned him the American League Manager of the Year, thus becoming the first Venezuelan to manage a major league team and first manager born outside the United States to win a World Series. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who played Played the game with passion, speed, hustle, intensity, and a love for the game. The one and only Ozzy Guillen to Sports Talk New York. Hey, welcome, Ozzy. Thank you, guys. I forgot all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's so interesting because the country of Venezuela has such a rich history with baseball, having produced over 400 major league players. What drew you to the game of baseball, and who was your idol growing up? Well, the, the guy I admire the most is obviously everybody my age. It was David Concepcion and the Red Machine. You know, we see David Concepcion. I got the opportunity to play for for Luis Aparicio and still friend with Luis Aparicio. I believe he's the best player right now so far. Had been out of my country because it's the only Hall of Fame we have. But uh, uh, David Concepcion for us it was uh, it was the main man. You know, in the seventies, seventies uh, with the Red Machine. Did what they did and the great plays that he played for. And uh, uh, the biggest reason I used number 13, or the only reason I used number 13, it was uh, a tribute to, to David Concepcion. Wow. You know, it's also interesting because the scout that discovered you, um, although he had somewhat of a checkered career, one thing that can't be denied is that Luis Rosa had an eye for talent. He signed Juan Gonzalez, Roberto Alomar, Sandy Alomar Jr., Carlos Baiega, Ivan Calderon, Ivan Rodriguez, Benito Santiago, Wilson Alvarez, and you. What do you think Luis saw in you at such an early age, and what was your reaction when he signed you for the Padres? Well, it's kind of, you know, I mean, that guy is, is a lot of, Great thing to do with me and my family. Rest in peace. Uh, to me, one of the best scouts coming out of Latin America. Maybe one of the best scouts in baseball. I remember uh, we played the All-Star game at uh, Toronto. And he got nine members. Eight <laughs> or nine members. Yeah. Uh, the guy signed. I got like five in the starting lineups uh, signed by him. That means how great it was. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, back in the days, uh, one scout going down to our country to see 100 players. Uh, and, and nowadays, you know what I mean, 100 scouts just go down to see one player. It's how things change. Uh, I was in the national team in 1960, uh, supposed to be 1962, I believe. I, I was the youngest guy on the ball club. I wasn't playing every day uh, because I was too young. And all the song we take an infield, and he saw me taking infield, and for some reason, um, he liked the way I, I was having fun, doing my plays, 
Uh, I think just being Ozzy. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and talk to me. And in the meeting, my, my dad said, you know, not, I was too young. I don't want to sign. Then my dad said, hey, the only thing you can do, you know, you're not good in the school. Uh, you, I think this is a great opportunity because back then, back then, it was kind of hard to to be a pro player. So very, very, very hard. It's not that many uh, scouts going to our country. Not many, not that many great players come out of the, our countries. And uh, I was lucky. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, I signed with the San Diego Padres. Uh, Give me the opportunity to to be out there when I, I show up spring training. My God, I, I was like thirty pounds and like five ten. <laughs> And people was like, what the hell is this? By signing by, by by this man, I don't know what's the reason this man got a great eyes. This guy, obviously, when you're a scout, you miss a lot, too. You know, you can say 100, maybe two make it. This guy signed a bunch, but he's signed Hall of Famers, All Stars, uh, pretty good players. And uh, I'd be lucky to be one of the first ones yeah. come out of, the, come out of the, 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 the great players after that he signed. But uh, that man... Uh, believe me, that man, when he going to his business, he's going for real. You know, he go to see the best one. He go out there when nobody even care about what town, what little town, what place. He did his, uh, his job very well. He went out to see them himself. And I think the San Diego Padres give him freedom, freedom to, to sign whoever they want, how much money they want. And that's why he come out be a, one of the best scouts in the history of the game. You know, you mentioned before that you got to play for Hall of Famer and legend in Venezuela as a teenager in winter ball uh, for Luis Aparicio. What was the biggest thing you learned from him? Wow. Uh, just be yourself. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, and when you make one mistake, make sure you erase it right away. When you're a ball player, you're going to make a big error to lose a game. And they can stay with you back in your mind to the next game. I, it's over with. The same way you win a game the night before. You got a base in the night to win the game. The next day is a different day. And I think Aparicio, I remember Aparicio said, you know me. One thing after that, I, I hear that from Roberto Clemente. So every time you take the field, somebody out there, he will be watching you. He can be the, the team you play against them, a fan, a beer bender. Somebody out there will be watching you. Make sure when they go home, they are very pleased and satisfied how you play the game. Uh, and that's why it stick up my mind, you know, I mean, every time uh, people paying to see or ball club playing. And I think people was pushed. I know what's the type of guy hitting 300 with 50 home runs, 140 RBI. But when those guys left the, the ballpark, the first thing they come out, I said, man, you see that guy, the little Aussie playing shortstop, and you see the way he play. He play with enthusiasm. He play hard. Uh, he have fun playing. And one thing about it is, a lot of people ask me why I have so much fun, uh, fun playing. I say, well, you come where I come from, and God gives you the opportunity to come to this country, play the baseball in major league. Uh, you have to feel the same way I did. You know, I was lucky. Uh, I, I, I was getting paid to 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 play something. I would play for free. Since I was a kid, uh, making money, that making career, that is just something uh, not too many people that had the opportunity, and I did, and I was. That's why, you know, what I mean, I never regret any second on the field because I enjoyed. I didn't. I know I was the best player. 
uh, on the field, but I was the one had more fun than anybody in my era. I don't think in my era nobody had more fun than me uh, with the uniform. <laughs> you, you make your way up the Padres minor league system, and your manager in Reno w- was a, a man named Jack Maloff, and he singled you and Kevin McReynolds out as can't-miss prospects back then. It's also interesting because you mentioned that your idol was Dave Concepcion, and Jack had ties to the Reds organization as well. Uh, I'm just wondering which manager or coach or player had the greatest impact on you coming up in the minors, through the minors, to, to get you set for the major leagues? Oh Well, it's a player. It's a John Crock. Uh, we played together in the minor league. All my minor league careers, a guy put me him under his wing. Uh, I learned great stuff by him. I learned bad stuff. I don't want to say bad. I say, you know what I mean? It's, it's having fun and go out there and drinking and eating. And, and, and But he's a guy always protect me, John Crock. Always, always. Me and my wife. And I, I, the, the, man, the guy helped me a lot in the minor league. He had to be Jack Maloof. Or, or he was my manager in, in my first two years, my first three years in my career in the minor league. And he's the guy put up with a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, teach me, I hate him because he take me every day to uh, early workout. And I say, why you want this guy every day? I got an early workout. But now as a coaching and manager, I say, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I was the best. I, no, I, got, I was the best prospect. And you gotta you gotta teach me every day how to play the game. I think Jack Jack Maloof is the one uh really, really uh I had to thank him a lot to be what I was uh when I make it to the big league. It's also interesting because we, we mentioned the scout that discovered you, but the guy who really was instrumental in getting you to the Chicago White Sox is someone that's probably known a little more for his time with the Bulls. But Jerry Krause watched you play for 17 consecutive games. He traveled to four different ballparks and saw you as the Chicago White Sox shortstop of the future. You know, how much were you surprised by the trade? And did you know that it was Jerry Krause who was insistent upon you being part of the deal? Well, you know, after that, we we come up a very good friend, uh, Jerry myself. I, I do you know what surprised me? When I saw Jerry Krause, <laughs> the GM of the Bulls, I turned around like, does Jerry know anything about basketball? Because I think Jerry was a baseball man 100%. And no, I remember, uh, I remember, uh, they make it, uh, ask, they ask about me and say, this man, the only thing I can, I know, but I ask, you know how to win games and that little shit, he can play. Uh, it's a code. He's put up in the paper. Like, you know I mean? Don't ask me about it. What, what we see him, what we like him, what we don't, but it's, every time he put his uniform, he's ready to compete and always got to do something to try to win the game. And that's why he's opening his eyes a little bit more because he saw me for like almost three, four months. Uh, I remember um, after that little while, <clears throat> uh, the Dodgers, the Dodgers was after me. And and I think they like uh, Mariano Duncan better. And when we go to trade, the, make the trade to the White Sox, I didn't know where the White Sox was. I, I don't have any idea. Uh I remember, you know I me. Mean, obviously, when I t- turn around when they make the trade, I, I look at the roster. Now I see Carlton Fisk. I see Tom Seaver, Harold Baines, Floyd Bannister. You know I me. Mean, all those guys. I like. Oh my God! I got to be a teammate with these people. Scott Fletcher, you know, Luis Salas. I Tony Russo going to be my manager. Gene Leland going to be my my third base coach. Eddie Bringman, one of the guys, helped me a lot in the big league. 
uh, former shortstop, rest in peace. Uh, I said, my God, I got to, I got to take the best out of these guys every day. I got to be a pro. I got to be play hard. I, I cannot let anybody down. And uh, and Tony protects me like, like wow. He just, he just uh, give me the confidence. Talk to me every day. Gene Leland, Grammy of is winning. You know, I mean, work with him every day. Uh, Joe Nasik. You know, I man. I was lucky. I always say, uh, I was a lucky kid uh, to grow up. To grow up were real baseball people, and and that teaches me a lot. You know, you mentioned a lot of good players there. You played on some good White Sox teams. Maybe the best was the 93 team. Had such a great mix of youth and veterans. Jason Barry, Wilson Alvarez, Roberto Hernandez, Alex Fernandez, Robin Yout, you, Pudge, Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas, my good friend One Dog himself, Lance Johnson. What are some of your memories of that season? As It was a pretty magical season and such a great mix on that team. Do you know the best thing about that ball club? Great guys. Great Great guys. And you mentioned one of the guys I just talked about with the White Sox people around. Say, you know, one of the guys, very underrated, played for the White Sox every day. It was Lance Johnson. To me, yeah. one of the best players we have. There's no doubt about it. One dog show every day, play well, play hard, um, make things happen. And we never mentioned, I, I was talking a couple of days ago about him. I said, it's a shame the White Sox uh, don't, don't talk about him the way they should. They talk about Robin, myself, Frank, uh, Roberto Hernandez, you know, Poch. But I think one of the biggest key for the White Sox has success, beginning the has success in the 90s, uh, I think Lance Johnson is the one um, coming right to my mind. And uh, that team, you know, he's a team that is going on play. Too bad we were competing against, wow, we competed that year against uh, one of the best things I ever seen in in, in Against us, you know, we a bunch of kids competing against, you know, uh, Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays. They got half of that team. They all Hall of Fame. And to us, it was a privilege to compete and give them those guys a group fight. But uh, it's uh, you talk about unity, you talk about teams, you talk about guys get together. Uh, you know, I me mean? after that, managing the White Sox for a few years in in two thousand five and nineteen ninety three team. Uh, those guys was very, very, very tight, and they compete every every single day to be the best they can be. It's so interesting because we mentioned in the open about your time with the Marlins in the 2003 championship, and there's a story out there. Um, it it kind of goes with that, that your interview for the manager's job with the White Sox was after that World Series parade. Can you tell our listeners about that? Because it, it's just, it's incredible. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I, I have a great job. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the thing is just one, I have a great relation, unbelievable relation with the players, with the managed players, especially with the Latinos, the Miguel Carrera, the Post Rodriguez, the uh, Garcia, the, the, uh, the Gonzalez, you know, the Castillos. You know, I have so much that our relation with us like brothers, not coaching players. And when I go to that, you know, I mean, we just finished it having party, my first horses, ring ever, great, great people. I mean, I was, I'm going to say hangover, drunk, drunk hangover, you can put it either way. And I miss the fly. I remember miss the fly. And my wife wake me up. Hey, you got to go to Chicago. Then I told my wife, you know what? I have, we have a great job here. We have a house in Miami. We live here. I work across the street from here. My kids go to school here. Uh, you know, I, I'm, 
I mean, I didn't even put, I put a good attention to managing a job. I wanted, yeah. Then all of a sudden, my wife wake me up, give me another plane. I ride to, to, to Chicago. They told me, make sure nobody see you. Oh, you know, it was, uh, I said, nobody can see me. I was, I was so drunk, I didn't know what I was walking. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we just come from, I just come from Paul Rodriguez's house, I straight to, to my house. Uh, to my biggest mistake, I should take a shower and, and go to the airport. I gave a mistake, you just take a nap, and that's wrong thing. Then I talk to, you know, me when I sit down with Kenny, uh, I know what's really, uh, yes, I would, I want to be manager, of course, there's no doubt, but it's like, in my mind, it's like, okay, he's got the job good, he's not got the job great. You know I mean, just, you know, make any, you know, I'm making any, any differential uh, with my job and my family. Then the first thing coming to my mind with Kenny goes, listen, I want this interview to be for real. And Kenny, what? You want to start with that? <laughs> and I know Kenny, we played together in, 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 in a big league in the past. We good friends. And uh, I was, yeah, I mean, I don't want you to have a, a check mark. Yes, Latino, any of you. I did it. You know what I mean? I said, like, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. And let's go. Let's start talking talk about baseball. And we did start talking about baseball. Uh, I don't know. I impressed him or no. I, I really was into it. I, I fly at the same day. I fly back to Miami. We continued to party. Two days later, they they called me back, and they, the 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 interview was Jerry and Kenny both together talking to me and stuff. I remember Kenny had to do something in Atlanta, and he left. He left the the meeting. Well, it, 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 we, we was done when he left, and Jerry come out to me and say, hey, you know I me. Mean? Congratulations! You'll be uh, you'll be the new manager, White Sox manager. And I don't say anything. I was like, "Oh, okay." And Jerry, I told me, "Said you're not excited." <laughs> I said, "Excited? I don't win the lotto. I go to work. You know what I mean? This this is a job. This is not like oh, look at what I get you. Uh, you know what I mean? I say, okay, uh, we appreciate that. Oh well, we just keep in touch with you. You know, I go back. I said, can you please don't tell anybody." Anybody, you'll be the White Sox manager. Anyone, even your wife. I said, no, no, no. Okay, I had to tell my wife. But I was okay, tell your wife. Okay, you don't say anything to your kids, anybody. Well, we went there, and uh, I remember coming to Miami. We went to a Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, uh, because Pudge Rodriguez invited us uh, to the parade. You know, whoever win the World Series, then they have a parade. Pudge Rodriguez family, we went there, and... I, I, it was a, a very bad three days because I want to tell everybody, like, I'm the new manager, I'm the new manager. <laughs> and I couldn't tell anybody. Well, uh, they, they, they named us, right, by the way, I'm sitting right now, and the picture I saw is a picture we, they talk, they take me and my wife uh, when they named me manager the White Sox. But uh, it, was, it was great. It was an honor for me go back uh, to the White Sox organization, go back to the people I know for so many years, but then meanwhile, it was uh, it was kind of hard because uh, now I'm the boss. Now I'm the guy people were to look, look up to. I know how Chicago people and the media people was, and I don't realize how hard it was all the way to I get to a spring training. Then when I get to a spring training, I say, "Oh my God, this is harder than what I thought." <laughs> and you know me, I I, I think the players uh, did what they're supposed to do. Uh, I never had any problem with so many players, and 
uh, you know, I could I couldn't complain anything about it. My first year, my second year, we won the championship. And, you know, I mean, in my managerial career here in Chicago it was outstanding. I think the fans, uh, front office people, you know, my players in special, they were so great with me. Just, I cannot, you know, I mean, you can, I cannot be more appreciated how they treat me uh, all those years. So it's interesting. Maybe you should have uh, hung out with Pudge a couple of days before the San Diego Padres interview this uh, year. But uh, you mentioned you get to that job. You manage one of your teammates from the 82 team, Frank Thomas. You mentioned you lead the team to the World Series second season, first championship in 88 years for the White Sox. You, know, you go back and you look at all the managers you played for in your career, and some of them are some pretty big names. Tony La Russa, Jim Fergosi, Jeff Torborg, uh, Gene Lamont, Bobby Cox. Which one of those managers was the manager that you heard most in your head when you became a manager? Oh, it's, it's not that. It's Jeff Torborg. And Jeff Torborg gave me the opportunity. He named me a captain. Uh, that, that guy, he went out and, and, and made me what I was. He, had, he put a lot of confidence on me. Uh, he, he just, the guy, get along the best. You know, I don't have any, you know, for those, I love, I love Jimbo. Rest in peace. Uh, I love Gene Lamont, you know, I, I played with Bobby. Bobby teach me right into my career. I was the backup player, and I gave me an opportunity to talk to Bobby Cox every day, uh, asking a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I talked to him, say, Skip, you don't mind, I learn from you. And Skip told me, say, you don't mind, I learn from you too. Uh, we change conversation, ideas, and stuff almost every day. And that's a guy... Uh, they really, really helped me in a different way, know how to play, how to treat players, talk to players, how not, you know me. The only difference between Bobby Cox and myself, uh, and uh, Bobby's is just Bobby. You know, he say hi to the players, talk to the players, they talk to him, they don't, they don't. I'm opposite. I talk to the players constantly, every day, all day, play with them, have fun and stuff. But uh, And I remember when I win manager of the year, for the American League, the manager of the year, National League, was Bobby Cox. And uh, to me, one, one of the biggest nights in my life why, when my mentor, I was sitting next to my mentor, to the guy uh, I own a lot, and win the same, uh, the same award. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a lot to me. And I know it was a lot to him because that's the first time he ever managed anyone and got the manager of the year award with him. And that, that was a great night. So we mentioned that you just recently interviewed for the San Diego Padres managerial job. And that alone, to me, means there's hope for baseball because we are seeing some of, you know, baseball guys coming back in the game or getting interviewed. Dusty Baker, Tony La Russa got jobs. Buck Showalter just got a job. But it's interesting because, you know, you last managed in 2012. What are some of the things that managers have as tools today from the analytics side that you think may or may not make you a better manager today than you were 10 years ago? Oh, of course, I, I had to be a better manager. But you're not a better manager unless you have the players. You're not <laughs> winning the Kentucky Derby with donkeys. With, <laughs> no, no, you don't. But I think I know because I've been working on TV for, for 9, 10 years, see everybody's tragedy, everybody thought, how they built organization, how they think they they good organization or they're not. I believe in analysis. Yes, I do believe in that. That helps. But you cannot put everything together in one place. I think baseball is, is, is you have to be, everybody has to uh, put the same page, 
you know, win with Alan Lee. That help you? Yes. Numbers help you? Yes. Good player help you? More. And uh, when I talk to San Diego, I said, listen, the only thing about me, when we're going to talk about numbers, we're going to talk about strategy, we're going to talk the soon we leave the room, the soon we out the room, everybody be, have to be on the same page. The game will, will dictate me how I'm going to manage it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it just, I see so many crazy things happen. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like, like, uh, it's a very easy example. Um, okay, Tampa Bay, great run, last four years, three years. Everybody want to be like Tampa Bay. Oh, let's do this, let's do that. That's, that's, that's not, that not work. Um, uh, same way with, uh, when, uh, Houston Astros, great runs over the years. All of a sudden they got caught doing something wrong. <laughs> oh, now we know, we don't want to be like them. No, the Houston Astros won because they have a great talent. You look at the players, great talent. Managing no win, you know, I mean, they, the great talent they have, they take over and win the thing. Uh, when, the, when the, the, the cops win the World Series, unbelievable talent. You know what I mean? The talent, it gives you the opportunity, it gives you the chance. Obviously, numbers will win. Numbers will help you. Yes, it will help a lot. But numbers, they're not going to see your players eyes to eyes. Who is the player? Who is the player produce when they need to? Who is the player got scared or no got the big hits? All these little things managing had to know about it. Uh, I always say, listen, I'm not, people think I, I'm against numbers or against analytics and against all this. I don't. I don't, period. I don't. Analytics been here for a long time before we call them scouts. Right. Okay? And we call a scout report. That's the same way. Analytics is a computer guy without there. Yes, I do believe in that. Yes, but a question I ask everybody. Okay? If Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, they don't have almost the same analytics stats. <laughs> exactly the, right. Then the Baltimore Orioles. Right. Okay, thank you. Why one team win 95 games, another <laughs> lost 95 games? Exactly. And that's, that's been my, my argument forever. And the other thing that, is, some of the things analytics have done is, I mean, you depended on your legs so much. Not only that, the team that you won a championship, uh, Scott Podesnik had 59 stolen bases. Stolen base doesn't even exist anymore. You were an elite defender that you know relied on your instincts for positioning. Now, you know, based on spreadsheets, you know, the... the the shortstop is no longer, you know, his own man. But we're running out of time. And lastly, I wanted to get to what you're doing now on your YouTube channel with, with the Guillens. Um, you and your sons talk about so many great topics. Uh, last week, the bobblehead episode was awesome. Tell our audience how they this project came about and where they can find it. Well, you know, you too. I, I think that's uh, we working with La Vida Baseball. We've been doing that for a little while. I think that's the best. I tell you, no, because it's our show. Also, it's funny, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go for a fact. Uh, working with uh, with this uh, with uh, La Vida Baseball, we could, couldn't talk too much about exactly what we want <laughs> and what we think. We we did. We you know we know how about it. We talk about it, but we're a little bit. But when you two, I think it's gonna be more interesting because we can say whatever we want the way we want it, <laughs> and the way she's. You know what? The way she be saying because in, in that thing we don't have a boss. The long you're not talking stupid thing about politics and you know, race or whatever it is, the long you don't talk about that, you can say whatever we want. And then baseball gives you the opportunity to, to do that every day. It's not easy, 
But yes, you can. You know, in Hall of Fame, we can talk about how we're going to continue to talk about Hall of Fame next week. We start talking about you two again. Some people should be Hall of Fame. Some people should be on it. Uh, you want to hear some crazy stuff, but it's a fact. We always talk with fact. We're not talking about, oh, I think somebody told me, oh, I hear this. No, when we say something, that's because it's a fact. And it's one thing about myself. I, I, I run in full responsibility what I say. I don't want to say something like I hear uh, one guy say, or I think they should be doing this, or they might do this. Now, when we talk about it, it's a fact. Uh, we believe what we say. We study what we say. We 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 go deep uh, before the show. We go deep and arguments about it. Um, I, my, my, it's a three different brains in baseball. In, in our show, my son, Ozzy, is, is a genius about baseball. They, they know baseball more more than I have. Uh, Oni is always in the top of everything. He loves love controversial. Uh, myself is between both. It's not because I play, match, and coach in the big league. I know more than them because I don't. Those guys know everything about everything. Uh, they ask me stuff, and I, I, I go with them, but... Uh, I think the show is going to be interesting. We just start uh, brand new. Just we have only one episode. Uh, hopefully, you know, we show our family. We show my wife screaming at me. <laughs> I'm not the man of the house. I uh, show my little kids. Uh, show me or my family be a grandpa. But, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's, it's a different type of show. It's not about baseball. Baseball. It's something about life. Something will come up. Uh, we anything it's great in, in stuff. United States. Absolutely great yeah. stuff. Anytime yeah. you can get Ozzy Guillen, you know, being Ozzy Guillen, it, it's much watch. Ozzy, thanks so much for your time tonight. More importantly, thanks for so many great moments on the diamond. Less uh, the one in the 10th inning in 99 against the Mets, of course. I look forward to the next episode of the with the Guillens, and even more so we'll return to the majors. Baseball needs more characters in the game and more baseball minds like yourself back in the game. That's what makes it great. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, guys. I'm available anytime you guys want me to be in your show. I'm more, more open and more pleased to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. As again, the 2005 Manager of the Year and World Champion.